Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, APC. The Lord is good. And we bless those that are watching us online, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, wherever you are around the world. I am happy that capacity restrictions on churches has been lifted. And I don't have to deal with... um, (laughs) I don't have to deal with those questions and issues and numbers and... Wow. Church, I want to say a few things before I get to the Word of God this morning, and I appreciate our sensitivity to the Spirit of God, and even if you're online, I trust that you felt God's presence even where you are. As your pastor, as a pastor in this nation, I am greatly disturbed by the images and the actions that I saw over the last few days in our nation's capital. Um, I don't want to turn this into a, a political thing, and I'm not even suggesting um, whose side anybody should be on. I think, sadly, our, our thinking ability has been melted down to who's right and wrong versus to what are we seeing and what are we experiencing and where could this possibly go? I, I speak to you a lot about the conditioning of the mind. And over the last couple of days, the nation was conditioned. The nation was conditioned to see images of ordinary people, not terrorists, not anarchists, regular working Canadians like you and I, uh, be trampled by horses, pepper sprayed. As a matter of fact, last night, I know people that were right there. The people had just bowed down to pray. They were praying people, a group of them anyway. And when they got up, they were pepper sprayed. They were batoned, they were pushed, shoved. You say, well, pastor, why does that, why does that concern you? That, see, that concerns me because the media said that the police were very restrained. The police were very restrained. When I have people of color messaging me, saying, pastor, this makes me very nervous, this upsets me, this conjures feelings and emotions within me that breaks my heart that we have people, God's people, that are living in a nation and they no longer feel safe. They no longer feel protected. And as a pastor, and I want to speak to the nation, this is what happens when people intentionally turn away from God. When when you turn away from the Holy Scriptures, when you turn away from the wisdom of the Almighty, 
then people just become a commodity that you can trample on. And, and let me be very clear, let me be very clear. Here's the problem because the, how many would agree that the nation is fractured? Here's the problem. The problem is not that Canada is a lawless nation. Actually, quite the contrary. The problem is that there is hypocrisy on how the law is applied. There's inconsistencies. It's unfair. When it's politically convenient, things are ignored, even supported. But then when it's not politically expedient, I mean, they come down with a, an iron hand. It troubles me. Listen to me. It troubles me that no Western democracy leader has denounced what happened. Why? See, we're being conditioned to accept these things. We're, we're being conditioned to say, hey, these are bad people and they need to be dealt with. Now, let me be very honest with you. If I'm in that crowd and I'm told to go home, I probably go home. Like if I'm warned time after time, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, I go home. Now, I can't make that decision for everybody else. I'm just saying, I would have left a long time and so you could say, well, you know, they were warned, they were warned, and that's what you get when you are warned. But is that justifiable? Is that justifiable? And here's, here's what concerns me because we have people that are clearly the enemy of the cross. As God's people, as Christians, we have leaders in this nation that have outright said that we are the worst part of society. When, when we have people saying the fringe and acceptable views, you, you understand that's us. I'm not saying we're the truck drivers. I'm just saying to you, we are the fringe. We are... We are people with unacceptable views because we say that Jesus is king. We say we believe in the scriptures that, that they are holy. We, we say they're not hatred and that when God even speaks about sin and, and certain lifestyles, it is not that God hates people, it's that God loves people and that God wants them to be free. We're not the people of hatred. We're, we're, we're not rebels. We're not anarchists. But you know in, in the book of Acts, can I read this to you? In, in uh, chapter 17 and verse 6, the crowd was looking for Paul and Silas. They were staying at a, a man's home called Jason. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. How did they turn the world upside down? How? In the very next verse, it tells us that Jason harbored them and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. Will you say that this morning? Is there another king? The king? Come on, somebody. Is there the king of kings? The Lord of lords? That's, that's what Paul and Silas were saying. They, they were saying, we don't, we don't, we don't serve Caesar. More, more importantly, we don't worship Caesar. We, we worship Jesus. Jesus is king. And because of it, people began to believe. And, and, and it says that they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And so that when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they, they let them go. Here, here's what I want us to understand this morning. 
We are called of God. We are, we are called out of a world system. You're called by name. God has called you by name out of religion. He's called you away from false gods. He's called you from being idol worshipers like we did with Abraham. You see, when, when the perfect man, Adam, failed, you know, the perfect man failed, God said, I'm not going to use the perfect man anymore. I'm going to use the the willing man. I'm going to use the obedient man. I'm going to call Abraham. And and he called him from the land of the the Chaldeans. And and, and, and Abraham was an idol worshiper. Many gods. And God revealed himself and made a covenant with Abraham. And because Abraham believed, it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And then we come across a man named Jacob who was a deceiver, a surplanter. And God reveals himself and he says, I'm going to change your name from deceiver to Israel. And we have a nation born. And God makes a covenant with Israel. He, he says, I want you to be my people. I'm going to choose you. And, and you're going to demonstrate my power and my ways and my values on the face of the earth. You're going to be different. You're, you're going to worship me. I'm, and I'm going, to, I'm going to act on your behalf. And every time Israel, I need to hear you, Corey, please. Every time Israel did well, they were blessed. And then when they, they wanted to be like the other nations and they sinned, they, they got into trouble. And then Paul says to us, look to Israel as an example. Because now in the, in the New Testament, what does God do? He calls out a people for his name. He, he calls them from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nationality, from every corner of the earth. And he says to you, you're born again. You're, you're my children. I give you the power to become the children of God. Here's what God is saying. I choose you. I choose you. You ever wondered why? You're chosen in your family and others are not. You're chosen by name. It's, it's not that you decided to come to God. There's nothing in you that wants to come to God. It's that God in his mercy chose you. Why some and not others? I'm not God. By name he calls you. He calls you out. He says, worship me. Serve me. I'm, I'm going to reveal myself to you. And I, and I want you to be different. I want you to be unique. In the 9 a.m. service, Pastor Moses had talked about the word holiness and how the word holiness is, is really the fact that, that God is unique. There's no one like him. He's pure. He's awesome. He's amazing. And, and, then, and then Jesus says, now you be holy as your father is holy. You be unique. You be distinguished. Don't, don't be like everybody else. Don't think like everybody else. Be my people. I'm, I'm going to call you out. Now, this doesn't mean that we are uh, rebels and dissenters and, and that, you know, somehow we're going to dethrone Caesar. We're, listen, we're not here. To dethrone any government. We're not here to dethrone authorities, but we are here to live the life of the kingdom. By the way, church, you know, some people are like, well, you know, pastor, we know you're talking about one political party. Can I just help you? I'm not impressed by any of them. Any of them. We need some godly people, principled people, People of integrity. People of courage. My friends, listen, if there, if there is an anointing on you to be a Joseph, to be a Daniel, to be a Moses, follow what God is telling you to do. If that's the mountain, if that's your inheritance, go into it. Serve. 
serve the nation if that's where God wants you to serve. If that's what God has called you to do, do it. Do it. At whatever level God has asked you to do it, do it. Because we need good people in government. They've turned the world upside down. God has always been looking for a group of people. He's always been looking for a remnant. I, I, I go into the Old Testament. I'm coming to the Word in just a moment. I, I go into the Old Testament and, and I begin to look at the, the life of Elijah. Elijah got discouraged because Jezebel was after him. And, and you know, he's saying to God, I'm the only one. And no one, you know, I'm the only one serving you and worshiping you. And, and, he's, and he's whining and complaining. And the Lord says, Elijah, I have 7,000 people, bro. I don't know if that word's in the Hebrew. I'm just going to say, I have 7,000 people, watch this, that have not bowed their knee and have not kissed Baal. Listen to the wording. It's one thing to say, oh, you know, we, we bow our knee to false gods. Listen to what God said. Their lips have not touched him. Their lips have not been intimate with that false god. A kiss is an intimate thing. A kiss is absolutely part of relationship. And even when we are worshiping God, isn't that what we're told in the, in the Psalms that we are to kiss the son? Lest he be angry with you. When, when Pastor Moses rebukes you, by the way, I was a little gentle rebuke. I'm proud of you. Do a little more of that. So I'm not the only bad guy here. You know what he's saying to you? You refuse to kiss the son. Well, pastor, I, I haven't bent my knee. It's only part of the equation. God says, not only don't I want you to bend the knee, don't kiss them. Don't, don't be intimate with these false gods. You should only be intimate with me because you're, you're my people. I've saved you. I've called you. I've put my spirit in you and on you and around you. Church, let me help you. When, when you get nervous because someone is on their face and they're crying or they're emotional, when you get nervous, you know what that tells me? You don't know how to be intimate with the king. It means you're not intimate at home. Come on, somebody say amen or ouch, one of the two. They've turned the world upside down. They, they refuse to bow. They, they refuse to kiss. God said, Elijah, I have 7,000 people. I, I have a remnant. I always have a people. This is why Paul says, the Lord knows those that are his. The Lord knows those. Listen, your religion won't save you. A PC won't save you. There isn't a system. There isn't a denomination. The only one that can save you is Jesus. church I believe the nation belongs to Jesus you say well how can you say that because he said all authority is given unto me he said I have won the nations I have I have asked my father he has given it to me as an inheritance and so why are you and I here pastor Moses read out of Psalm 11 when when the foundations are removed when, when, when the foundations of the nation are questioned, when laws are broken and charter of rights are broken, what can the righteous do? My friends, listen, this is why you and I are here. We are the salt, we are the light, we are the church. 
We were worshiping. I said to Pastor Moses, I said, talk about strategy. Listen, listen to God's strategy. Right, Jeeve, you're a strategy person. God says, I will have me an army of sheep led by a lion. That's God's strategy. This is how God is going to win the war. With an army of sheep led by a lion. Jesus dismantled the Roman Empire without lifting a sword. People say to me all the time, well, you know, you know, Jesus really never dealt with the Romans. It's true, but the sheep did. Because <laughs> they said, no, no, no. No, 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 Rome. Caesar, you're not God. You're not our king. Jesus is our king. We will honor you. We'll respect you. We'll pay our taxes. We'll, we'll do all the things that you want us to do. But at the end of the day, Jesus is king. But listen, when you begin to trample in areas that we consider that you are trampling on the lordship of Christ, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a conflict. You know, people quote Romans 13, they misquote it all the time, but, but they don't like to talk about John the Baptist. Uh, they, don't, they don't like to talk about how John the Baptist spoke to power. They, they don't like to talk about how Jesus called Herod a fox. He said, you go tell that fox. They, they don't like to go into the New Testament where Peter and John are arrested and, and they are forbidden. They are forbidden to preach in the name of Jesus. And they said, you know, whether you think we should obey you or God, you decide. But as for us, we're going to obey God. Amen. Yeah. I just have a question. I have a question. As they begin to move on certain sections of the Bible, because they consider, they consider it hate literature, where will they stop? What subject will they stop at? Are, are we going back to the days where they're going to come and say, you can preach, but not in the name of Jesus? Is, is, is this where we are once again going? And you see, we, we get there one degree at a time. We get there a little bit at a time. It, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and I, I mean, just in between the services, I'm just, I, I just destroyed on someone's page that, that I'm a conspiracy theorist and you hurt my feelings. And, and I said, then rebuttal what I'm saying. Church, listen, you can have your own opinions. You just can't have your own facts. I don't know what's scary. Honestly, what's scarier is what's happening around us or the fact that some of God's people are incredibly naive and incredibly gullible and they have absolutely no discernment. Now, now here's my challenge because how do I warn you and not terrify you? But see, we're here to prepare a people. We're here to prepare a people for his name. A people that understand Warfare, people that understand they have a purpose, a people that understand I'm, I'm just not coming to a building for an hour, an hour and a half on a Sunday and I've done my duty and I go home and I, no, 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 a people that understand that this is maybe the training ground, but, but in reality you are called by God to accomplish great things. Do you tell that to your children? Do you call them world changers? 
Do you tell them that they're great? Do you tell them that they've been designed by God to surpass you? I tell my children all the time, you need to surpass me. I preach to my grandson all the time. He has no clue what I'm saying, but I'm not talking to his little brain. I'm talking into his spirit. I lay hands on him. I've already told him. I said, listen, little Owen, it has already been prophesied that my children's children will serve the Lord. You will serve God. And then I give him some food. Praise the Lord. Because that's what good grandfathers do. You will serve God. Now eat. I never, never understood the concept of, you know, I always thought my I always thought my parents thought I didn't feed my children. I, I really felt like, I was like, mom, dad, you guys think we're like, we're bad parents. We don't, but now I'm a grandfather. I get it. I get it. You just want them to eat. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody with me? Let's turn to the word of God. Two places in the word. This morning, I, I remember the words of Jesus. He said, when these things happen, look up. Your redemption, your redemption is drawing nigh. I want you to turn uh, to Acts 15, 14, and then I want you to turn to uh, Exodus 31 and verse 1. But in Acts 15, let's, let's stand together for the reading of God's word. I, hallelujah. I'm just so blessed. Thank you for being here, honestly. I'd be here on my own, and I have been here on my own, but it's better when you're here. Amen. Blair, thank you for coming all the way from the frozen tundra. Praise Jesus. Come on. Has anybody come further than Aurelia to come to church today? Come on. Nobody, right? Anybody further? Yeah, Nigeria doesn't count just because you were born there. I'm talking about, all right. I came from Nigeria. All right, all right. Acts 15, 14. Notice, Simon has declared how God at first visited the Gentiles. Turn to somebody and say, you're a Gentile. And that's not a pleasant word, by the way. Notice, to take, out, to take out of them a people for his name. To take out of them. Turn to somebody and say, you've been taken out. You're called. You're, you're born again. It's like God going to a restaurant. You say, I want to take out. Huh? I want to take out. In the Caribbean, oh, when I was a Trinity, they have a word. I need some Trinities. There's a, what do they call takeout? There's a word, there's a phrase in the Caribbean they use, not takeout, but any trinnies in the crowd or no? Wow, you've been gone too long, man. I'm, I need some trinnies here to help me, but anyway. What? Takeaway. Thank you. First time they said to me, Let's go for some takeaway. I'm like, what? <laughs> Exodus 31, 1. Now watch this. Remember, he's taking out a people for his name. That's you. He says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Why? And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Now watch this. You got to catch this, church. God doesn't just fill us. He fills us with his spirit. We're not just filled. We are filled 
with the Spirit. Uh, we, are, we are filled with wisdom. We're filled with understanding. We're filled with knowledge. We're, we're filled in all manner of workmanship. And then in verse 31 and in verse 6, he says, Indeed, I have I've appointed. But watch the end of it. He said, I have put wisdom in their hearts of all gifted artisans that they may make that which I have commanded you. Moses, I put my spirit in these people. I've, I've given them my wisdom, my knowledge, my understanding. Why, God? So that they may build what I have commanded you. Principle, that you may build what God has commanded me. That you may build what God has commanded me because we, we've been talking about vision and core values and our, and our, and our pillars. That, that this is the reason, listen, listen church, what God has commanded me, I can't do it by myself. I say to the worship team, sing this song, let's do this. Let, I cannot do it. I know what I hear God say to me, but I am limited in my skill. I am limited in my ability so that I am reliant upon other members of the body. Should I make fun of you now? Should I pick on you? <laughs> How many say yay? Yeah. <laughs> we sang a powerful song and we're going to sing it again at the end of the service. And I said to Pastor Moses, because when the Spirit of God just moves me, I, I said, we ought to do that song in the worship. So Corey comes in, has his little sandwich, comes into my office. I said, we ought to do that song in the worship. What did he say to me? Oh, you know, pastor, it can't be done. And it's so hard and keys and this and that. Is that what you said? He said, I know. <laughs> Come on. I said, you're the great Corey Butler. Yeah. Yes. Don't tell me you can't do. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he said to me. Listen to what he said. He doesn't even know what he said. He said, Pastor, he said, you can do. And if you say to do, we will do. Now he didn't do it. <laughs> I, just should have, I should have just went to Jennifer. Pastor, what do you say? What I am saying is that we are members of a body. And, and God is saying to Moses, they will build what I've commanded you. Look at verse 11. I'll have you sit down in just a moment. He said, he said, and the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Yes. You know why I'm here? I'm here because I'm commanded. Yeah. I left a secular job, a career, because God commanded me, because God compelled me. I say things that are on a Monday morning. I say to myself, what were you thinking when you said that? But you see, Jennifer, under the anointing, you don't think. You just obey. You say things under the anointing. You sing things under the anointing. When, when we were singing that song, there's no greater power. I don't know. Maybe for you, it's just words. But for me, it's life. Despite what I see, what I experience, God, there's no greater power. Turn to somebody and say a people for his name. You may be seated. Three things, really quick, three things. Pastor Mark, it's good to see you, my brother. I want you to rise. Can you rise for a moment? Put him on camera. 
Pastor Mark, I just hear the Spirit of the Lord say, Arise, my son. Have I not called you? Have I not anointed you? Have I not caused you to be as a battle axe? Have I not caused you to be as a ram? As an instrument of smashing? Don't look for the wisdom of men. Don't look for the applause of men. They will not understand you. For I've placed my spirit in you. I've placed my call upon you. Listen. Listen to me. Obey me. As you have done. As you have done. For you have not been afraid. And it is not a season now to put on a spirit of timidity and a spirit of fear. For you have said unto the Lord, but look, Lord, no one hears me and no one understands me. Have I not made you as a John the Baptist? Have I not put a voice in you? Have I not put you in a wilderness? Have I not caused you to eat locusts and honey? Have I not clothed you with the clothes of wild animals? Have people not said, we don't understand him? He's strange, he doesn't talk like us. But I, the Lord, affirm you this day. You are my son. I have called you. I have anointed you. I am with you. I am in you. I'm around you. And the Lord says, I will watch over your family and I will guard those things. The Lord would say, I love you, my son. And I know that you love me. And I will send you forth with fire and brimstone at times. And I will send you forth with gentleness at other times. In every season, the right spirit. You shall speak the truth. You shall cause people to think. And you will even disturb the water, says the Lord. Because the waters need to be disturbed. For the muck, the muck that is at the bottom of the water, the Lord says, I will stir it up. And I will tear the facades. And I will expose the lies, says the Lord. Be ready, my son. Be ready. I need some elders to go lay hands on him right now. Be ready, my son, for a new and fresh anointing right now to come upon you. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge and the goodness of God be upon you. In the name of Jesus, I increase, the Lord says, grace upon you, wisdom upon you, the capacity of your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. I have called you. By name. I've brought you to this house. And I have connected you, for you will no longer be an orphan, says God. Yes, Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Father sets you free today. 
the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Go get them, my son. Go get the other orphans and bring them into the house of the Father. The house of the Father. For this is the house of the Father. Hallelujah. 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 My God, the Holy Ghost is in this place. My God, the Holy Ghost is in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody ought to shout right now, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. 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 Just continue to lay hands on him until God is done. Praise Jesus. Three things quickly. Why do we exist? Hallelujah. We, we exist, my friends, because we are disciple makers. We are disciple makers, Jesus said. Go and make disciples. Go and teach and preach and baptize. And, and my friends, this is not just for me and Pastor Mark and Pastor Moses. No, no, no. We, we are disciple makers. Jesus said, I will build my church. But, but here's the other side of what he said. I will build my church, but you must build people. Why are we here? We build people that are called for his name. We, we equip you. I love that in Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry that, that you will understand what God has put within you, that you will understand the call of God, the greatness of God, that you will fulfill all that the Lord has called you to do in the sphere that God has given you, that you would run in your lane are we all called to full-time ministry? No. Some of you, and I've already said it, some of you are maybe in the, in the political mountain. Some of you are in the entertainment mountain. Some of you might be in the fashion mountain. Some of you might be in the sporting mountain. Whatever mountain that God has called you to be in, run in that lane. And do me a favor. Stop criticizing those that run in their own lane. Like people run in their lane, Ranjeev. I'm so tired of God's people say, well, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. Why, why are you criticizing people that have been called by God? Do you understand their call? Huh? You understand what God has said to them? Do, do, do we say to a John the Baptist, well, you're just a crazy person and, and this is not the way God would move and, and this is not the way God would communicate and if you're really of God, listen, listen, don't be fooled by the outside stuff. Understand the fruit that's within the ministry. <laughs> the day when Herod and Philip there had come down to, to John the Baptist, I love it. He goes, hey, you're going to get saved. He said, who warned you, you brood of vipers? Who warned you to repent? Well, that's not an exactly friendly way to receive people, but that was his ministry. That was, that was his call. 
You know, in, in APC, we're, we're here to be the people that God has called us to be. We're not everybody's cup of tea. I, I, I understand that. We're, 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 we're not everybody's style. But here's what I ask people, whether they connect, uh, you know, live or they connect online. I ask the question, has God called you here? Well, pastor, you know, I like your worship. I like your preach. I don't care what you like. Has God called you here? Has God called you? Has God connected you? Are, are you? are you part of the family? Are, are you part of the DNA? Are you breathing it, living it, understanding it? Not that we're better than everybody else or anybody else. But you're here because God has called you here because you have a sense of inheritance. There are so many people that leave their inheritance and they're constantly frustrated. They're constantly wandering. They're in the wilderness. They don't know where to go, what to do. All because maybe they've been offended. There was a miscommunication. There was an issue. My friends, let's deal with our issues. I had somebody online criticize me because I asked clarifying questions. They, They said to me, you know, you offended me. I said, oh. My clarifying questions offended you. Hey, my friends, listen, let's get over our little feelings and let's understand we're in wartime. When we're criticized, let's ask the question, is there truth to what's being said? And if we have offended, let's apologize. If we haven't offended, let's get on to the bigger tasks that are at hand. Number one, why do we exist? We exist to make disciples. Number two, What are we commanded to build? I've told you already, a people for his name. Look at Ephesians 2.10. Remember what we read in in, uh, Exodus 31. He said, I have anointed these people in workmanship. But watch what Paul says in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. That, That word means work of art. You are God's work of art. He says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Then the very fact that I'm your pastor, do you know what it says? That somewhere God prepared this for me beforehand in his wisdom that I might walk in them. Last Sunday after the second service, it was right at the end of the service we were worshiping. I don't know, maybe that family's here, that, that man is here today. I, uh, pastor Moses had pointed someone out to me and I just felt this this uh, confirmation of the Holy Spirit. I just went to the brother and I just, I just embraced him. I just had this, Im- I never met him. I never knew him. And, and later on, he asked if he could come to the office. He began to prophesy that Pastor Jason was there, Pastor Moses. And this man said something to me, a key word that God has repeated in my life over and over again. And it, it so struck me that I actually went to the dictionary to find out Lord, why do you keep repeating this to me? Am I missing something? Church, listen, God has no problem repeating himself. God wants you to get it right. God wants you to understand it. God wants you to know in your very heart so that you're not confused. You're not puzzled about who am I and what am I supposed to do and what is life all about? We're called to build disciples of Christ. Let me give you some key things. What kind of people are we building? Number one, people that understand that their identity is in Christ. Before I'm anything, I'm in Christ, that everything died on the cross. All my victimization, all my background. That doesn't mean we don't honor our heritage and our lineage and all that. But here's what I know, that in Christ, first and foremost, before anything else, I am in Christ. I'm a child of God. 
You're a child of God. Number two, that we have full submission to Christ. That to his lordship, to his kingship, that we understand that our resources, our relationships, everything we are, everything we possess, they all belong to God. Full submission, that's what lordship is. That's what differentiates religious people from relationship people. Number three, that we understand that we are called to do and build great things. Nehemiah said, I'm doing a great work. Are you doing a great work? Every Monday morning, no, Mondays are hell for pastors. Hell. We die a thousand deaths. You think it's, you think it's easy to come up here and, oh, and say these things. Every Monday I will die a thousand deaths. But I have to remind myself, listen, you're doing a great work. And you know what that word was? From that man, he said, you, sir, are a clarion. He said, you must preach. He said, I've been in this church for a few weeks now. And he says, something unique is happening in this church. The Spirit of God is in this church. God is moving in this church. My friends, listen, all I want is the life of God. I want people to be restored. I want people to be healed. I want people to be delivered. I want, I want marriages to survive and thrive. I, I want young people that, that you know, we, we have six-year-olds, my friends. We have six-year-olds that want to die. Six-year-olds that want to commit suicide in our society today. The damage of the last two years is yet even to be realized. I'm actually going to be talking about uh, the mind in the next sermon series, but I found something. I don't even understand it yet. But I said to Pastor Moses, I said, I said, I've never seen this before, but every time I look at the scriptures of the mind, a word pops up. Go look it up. You know what the word is? Holiness. Every time I see scriptures of the mind, I said, Lord, what, what? What are you saying? What does this mean? How do, I, how do I connect the dots? How many know that God has wisdom we have yet to see? Everybody say a people for his name. And then finally, what sets God's people apart? Corey, are you there, my brother? Let's come. Worship team, you can come. Notice that they are filled with the Spirit of God. They're filled with wisdom. They... They're filled with knowledge and understanding. Ephesians 1.17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Can I ask this question? I asked it in the previous service. Why is it that the world is always advancing, but the church remains stagnant? The world's always advancing, always looking for relentless improvement, always changing things, whether it's right, wrong, indifferent. Come on up, come on up. Always looking for advancement, but the church always wants to stay in one place. But we serve the God of wisdom. We serve the God of knowledge. He said, there's no searching for my wisdom. Do you need wisdom today? Do you need understanding today? Do you need it in your knowledge, in, in your family? Do you need it in your marriage? Do you, do you need it in your workplace? Do you need it in your relationships? The world was going to perish in the day of Joseph. 
And God gives a pagan king a dream. He didn't give it to God's people. He gave it to a pagan king. But the answer was in the child of God. The revelation was in Joseph. The interpretation was in Joseph. He said, I'll reveal it to you. I'll tell you what this means. And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, who better but you to create an action plan? Who, who better than you? Watch this, not only to interpret the dream, but to make sure that in the, in the seven years of famine, the whole world doesn't perish. And through it, he saved the nation of Israel. You know what Joseph said? God sent me. God sent me. God sent me ahead to save you, to save the people. My friends, some of you right now in this season, God is sending you. God is sending you ahead. It may not make sense. It may be all messed up. It, you know, like, Pastor, you have no idea. I've been through the pent. I've been through Pharaoh. I've been accused. They, they, oh, because God has sent you. Stop fighting the plan of God and submit to the fact that if you're called by God, stop. I want to give you some wisdom. Stop looking at the lives of others. Say, well, you know, God, look at those people. God has his own design for your life. Well, I, 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 I want to go on that lane. No, you have a lane. I don't like my lane. Too bad. It's your lane. God said, this is the lane I want you in. Well, I know better than you, God. You don't. Thursday night, was anybody driving through that storm? I had to drive through roads. I didn't come home on Thursday night. I had to go somewhere else. And wow, there was these open roads and blowing wind and snow. Jennifer, there, there, I'm telling you, I was like at the steering wheel. I couldn't see the road. I mean, that's when you pray in the Holy Ghost. The snow began to began to mount. I, you know, it's a two lane, it's a two lane road. I can't see anything. I'm right there. And, and, and I don't know if I'm in the middle of the road, if I'm in, and, and, and my tires, you know, your car is doing funny things and watch this. I didn't know if I should turn back, pull over. I'm like, well, I can't go back. And if I pull over, they're going to find me dead in the morning. So I said, Lord, Slow and steady. Slow and steady. I know you're with me. I know I'm not done yet. Slow and steady. I'm going to make it slow and steady. My little GPS, I went on that Google's Maps. Uh, can I just have a couple of minutes? The where I was going, it's, 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 it's new, it's not even on my GPS. Ranjeev. So my, my car got me to a certain place and now the car won't talk to me. And I love my car when it talks to me. Turn here, turn there, right? It won't talk to me. So I go on Google Maps and I can't get that stupid phone to talk to me. So now I'm in the dark, I'm in the snow. I can't see. 
And now I can't hear a voice, but I, every once in a while, I got to look on my phone and, okay, two more kilometers, bro, two more kilometers. And sometimes life journeys like that, church. I can't hear God. Slow and steady. I might have to look at that phone a little bit and eye on the road, high on the phone and, and, and I'm not sure and I'm, I'm not comfortable and I'm not happy with what's going on. But God, I know you're with me. Slow and steady. God said to Moses, I have anointed them to build what I've commanded you. I know what I've been commanded. I can't build it alone. This is not a one-person ministry. This is a body. It's the family of God. I want, listen, church, listen. Final thing I'm going to say. Every pastor wants their church to grow. But I don't want the church to grow at the cost of relationship. Jennifer, I don't want the church to grow at, well, I don't know the person across the aisle. And I have no friends here, and I have no community here, and I have no family here, and I'm not connected. If you are not connected, if we have failed you, forgive me. But if you, the moment the service is over, you run out of here so that we cannot connect with you. People that say to me, oh, pastor, I've been coming six months. I go, really? Have I met you? Oh, no, no, no. We take off right away. Why? Family. Worshiping God. A people. I love you from wherever you are. Every walk of life. Every skin color. Every background. Every tongue. Every tribe. I receive you. I love you. I love your children. Thank you. Thank you.